From WHYY and BillyPenn.com, it is hitting season, despite the fact they're not doing it with runners on base a whole lot. I am your host, John Stolness from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And um, joining me, as they do every time right around this week, are my good podcast pals, Justin Clue and Liz Rocher. Liz, of course, you know from Yahoo Sports. Follow her on Twitter at Liz Rocher. Liz? We are back for another edition of the most famous podcast ever at Lot MN. How are you? I'm doing great. It was incredible to see and meet everybody who came out on Saturday. Uh, we cleaned out the uh, we cleaned out all of the beer and all mm-hmm. the uh, all of the hoagies and pretty much everything. It was it was a great time. It really was a great time. Justin Clue from Baseball Prospectus was also there. Follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore underscore Clue. Justin, good times were had by all on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, if you ever see the evil genius bat um, at any of their public appearances, just be forewarned, it is not hollow. And nope. it is, in fact, <laughs> And not filled heavy. with beer, either. And the, your instinct may be to pick it up and hold it like a baseball bat. And, uh, yeah, again, just as a warning... That you you may tilt backwards into a tent and almost bring the roof down on your own tailgate. So just a heads up if you see it, be careful because yeah. that thing could smash through a car windshield. God yeah. love my Annalita who came to the uh, the tailgate. She picked the thing up and managed to balance it on her shoulder and had wow. someone take a picture of it. Nice. She is not that much taller than me, uh, and I will say that I was. Shorter than the bat by some, mm-hmm. like, and uh, I was also wearing sneakers that have like an inch and a half uh, platform in them. Oh my! On oh Saturday. my! The picture's yeah. on my Twitter account if anybody wants to see. Yes, how short it's excellent. Liz I'm very is. short, guys. <laughs> I'm even <laughs> shorter than it looks there. See, ju- everybody was very surprised by how tall Justin was too at different points. So we've got we we had the tall and we have the short, and then there's there's me, just kind of like everything else, kind of in the medium, in the middle, just you know there in the background, standing around. So um, it was uh, it was really it was it was a lot of fun. First, it was great seeing you guys. We don't get to hang out each o- with each other um, in person all that much. So uh, it's it's always great when when I'm able to hang out with you guys. And um, you know we met the WHYY folks. Special shout out to Tom and Danya and the rest of the WHYY team for all of for for all the work that they did in setting that up. It was great to get to hang out with them and and you know meet the WHYY folks and 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 meet all of you. And you know we met a lot of people um, who don't listen to the podcast too, but lured by the uh, the scent of free beer. Um, oh my which, god, yes, which is which is fantastic. And <laughs> shout out thought? to everyone who came through, grabbed a beer, and left because that is the true spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the true spirit of tailgates uh, at any type of Philly sporting event. So thank you all for even stopping by. It's the true spirit of Jetro lot. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> Witnessed in person that, yeah, who would have thought free beer right. would be a bigger draw than a podcast with a tent. Exactly. I can't believe it. But yeah, it was uh, thank you to Evil Genius, by the way, for the tent and for the free beer and everything. Really good beer, too, by the way. That's great. 
in the summertime, I am a hazy guy. I, I love hazies in the summer. Um, they're really refreshing. They're really light. And I kind of like, um, you know, in the summertime, a, a beer that has a little bit of a fruit taste to it. And, and the mango uh, flavored beer they had uh, was really good. It didn't taste, it wasn't like overly mango-y. It was just, it was, it was really, really good and refreshing. So I uh, highly recommend Evil Genius Beer. Uh, Nipatina Hoagies, uh, I know that's a new place in South Philly. They were awesome. Like, I didn't get a chance to have the cheesesteak. I heard the cheesesteaks were amazing, but I, I did have, like, the Nipatina sandwich with, like, the, the, the breaded chicken cutlet with the peppers uh, and then one of their hoagies. Those were awesome. And, of course, uh, Slice Pizzeria came out also and uh, was giving away free pizza, and that, that was really good, too. So um, so thank you to all of those guys for coming out, too. Yeah, I had multiple people ask me once they saw the ad. Uh, it says free beer, pizza, and hoagies. Uh, like, is that, they wanted to confirm, is that true? Because it sounds too good to be true. And I said, you know, if it's a typo, it's going to cost them dearly. Like, that's <laughs> best yes. I can do. I'm a little stunned by this as well. It was, and, and you know, it was it was really good. It was it was really good stuff. Um, and so, we, and I, the other thing I'll say before we talk about the Phils here, that's the first Phillies game that I've been to in quite a while. I had never sat up in like the, um, the rooftop bleacher seats. Those were, those were fun to be up there. Um, get a bird's eye view of not just the field, but the whole park, which was kind of cool. Um, but I was really surprised, you know, we keep, we keep hearing about baseball being, losing young people and it's not, you know, it's the audiences skewing older. When you go to a baseball game, it's like, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but it was like 80% like 35 and under. I mean, I, I was, I'm blown away by the number of like, you know, people in their twenties, kids, you know, I say kids because they're 20 years younger than me, but like people like they're 24, 25, 26 in at the, it was packed with, with young people in the tailgate and in the stadium. Yeah. Teens everywhere. Cause the ballpark is one of the only remaining public places that they're allowed to hang out anymore. So like it was the only problem is with MLB, they want the, those people, they don't translate to viewers on the screen. They care mm. about people watching baseball everywhere, and they care a little bit less about, you know, like they don't get that money as much, do they? They I don't get a lot of the stadium revenues. I think stadiums also, there's a bit of fluctuation. What is um, what is trying to be a draw to people with families and young kids or just younger people and, you know, a, a stadium that's more trying to draw in more exclusively adults. You know, obviously any anybody will take money from anybody, but I feel like Toronto is really uh, designed to be for kids. Like, it has a lot of stuff for kids to do. And honestly, in, like, Denver, it feels more like it's, yeah, they want, it's a more adult-oriented stadium. So I think it can change depending on, on what your location is. But, mm. yeah, I think you're right. The Phillies have always gone to try, they, they've always tried to be <laughs> a family-friendly environment. I just can't believe it took us this long to have Dollar Dog Nights where everyone was throwing the hot dogs. Um, <laughs> honestly. That, that like, come on. We didn't think it, we it's didn't do that before. We didn't have enough reasons to do that before? Come on. Since well, I, I, 1883, this franchise has existed, and I don't believe we have a record of that happening before. Yeah, well, back in those days, if, if it was dollar dog nights, it would really only be for the truly wealthy uh, that could afford <laughs> the them in 1883. dollar dog nights would have been a different type uh, of ride. <laughs> different type of thing back in those days. Um, you know, they're having, I think, their last dollar dog night of the season is this week. Did I, I think I read that somewhere. May 9th, tomorrow. Yeah, okay, okay. So a- let's see if they go three for three. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'm not sure frustrations levels frustration levels have really dropped since a six game losing streak. So uh, yeah, why not? 
Yeah. Well, either way, I, I think it, it, it was obviously a lot of fun, and I was really blown away by the the youth of the crowd uh, that was there. So it was uh, just a really cool environment. Great. Just the the only thing that ruined it was the Phillies uh, and the way they played. I think you mentioned that in a tweet. Like that was uh, Justin. That was uh, kind of the. It was a great day, beautiful day at Citizens Bank Park with the exception of the Phillies. And, and <laughs> That's the way been they true played. of many important events in my own life. So. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I just want I'm used to it. You love a team that'll go out of go out of its way for you. That's right. Always That's right. important event in your life, in your professional life or personal life. The Phillies are there to lose in embarrassing fashion. You know, it's it's comforting, and I think that it's nice that they're consistent with it. So that's good. That's good. They did win on Sunday, and um, so Sunday salvaged the Philly versus Boston weekend. The Phillies six to one win on Sunday, um, and then you had the the 76ers just a little bit later, uh, outlasting the the Celtics in in overtime. So it was uh, looking pretty hairy on Friday and Saturday. It was not a good weekend to start off uh, with the Philadelphia versus Boston weekend, but on Sunday, uh, the two teams rallied. Um, and managed to get it done and got everybody uh, into the work week on a much happier note. The win on Sunday was just, you wonder why they can't win like that more often because it just looked so easy. Taiwan Walker had his best game of the season, just kind of an easy, breezy six innings. You know, you brought in Matt Strom for a two-inning save. I guess that's that's really how they want to use him. And boy, what a weapon if if you can bring him in and get him for six six out saves uh, and, and not have to rely on Sir Anthony Dominguez and Kimbrell and Soto and all those guys. I guess I understand it now why they really want him in the bullpen so badly. But uh, looking at Taiwan Walker in this game, it was easily his best game of the season, Justin. And we, we were reading after the game, the reason is because like we've talked about before, this team wants wants these guys to simplify things. And so they decided, well, let's not have him try to throw all four or five pitches throughout the course of the game. Let's have him throw only his two best pitches for most of the game until he needs his other pitches, maybe the second and third time through the order. Seems logical to me. Kind of wondering why on it's, it's only now occurring to everybody on May 8th that maybe they were making things so difficult. Yeah, this felt a little bit like a decision from another era, um, a recent one, that feels like uh, there was some, I don't know, I guess to us it feels like common sense. Who knows what's going on? The guy who actually owns the arm and the coaches that watch him use it, uh, you know, they obviously have better insight into this. But, yeah, it kind of reminded me of Zach Eflin being like, I'm going back to my to my sinker. I'm not throwing high fastballs anymore just because you say the numbers dictate I should do that. Uh, in Walker's case, yeah, the differences were clear so immediately that the adjustment Cotham told him when he, you know, as Alex Coffey wrote in her story, told him to just throw his splitter more and that most of the time they were just going to be using his one, two weapons in his arsenal. Yeah. I mean, it seems obvious to us because, yeah, you want to lead with your best pitches, but strategically they just apparently had something else going on and it was not working. I was convinced Walker was hurt. He left that start with a forearm strain. It was reported afterwards that he was okay. He made his next start. It was terrible. And I thought something just had to be wrong after that start in Los Angeles. That was just you know un- unwatchable. And he left after, I think, like three and a third or something. So that was obviously not going to continue. An adjustment needed to be made. And I think you saw him make that adjustment because this was the most encouraging start of any pitcher, I feel like, this season. Yeah, Liz, I mean, they need him. I mean, Ranger Suarez will be coming back this week, so that's the good news. He's not going to be able to give them seven or eight innings right away. He's probably going to be limited to five innings in his first start or two, but just getting him back in the rotation 
helps lengthen things out a little bit. You don't need Taiwan Walker to be your number three guy. He can be your number four guy. And I think it's going to be fair for Ranger Suarez to struggle a little bit as he gets his, his legs under him here. But that performance on Sunday, again, I just, for, for a veteran pitcher, I, it's, it's beyond me why, why it's, why it took a long time for them to kind of figure out what to do. Maybe new, you know, you're working with new catchers. It's, it's new familiarity with a, a new team. I don't know, but it was certainly, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it was the most important outing of the season, but it, it was one of them because they really need to, to get a little bit of a, more of a return on their investment from him. Well, it was certainly important for Taiwan Walker. I mean, I don't have much more to add about him other than what's been said. Like, they do need him to do well. Um, and getting Ranger Suarez back will certainly help. And just so happens they have Matt Strom in the bullpen now who can pitch a couple of innings after Ranger Suarez gets tired, throws too many pitches in four innings. So I guess it is good. They have they have a lot of weapons now. I still do not love that he is in the bullpen instead of the rotation, but maybe eventually they'll realize he's better there. But until then, you know, hopefully he'll continue to be effective because it's not that the Phillies don't need, like, a a guy who could go, like, actually two solid innings and you, like, you know he'll do it. It's not like throwing, mm. throwing Jose Alvarado out there for two innings where you're biting your nails the whole time. I think I think I've been talked into him being in the bullpen right, as the right. Right. Move. No. I think he would be a better, better, more exciting and intense and aggressive starter than Bailey Falter. But I think in the long run, I, I don't typically think this way. But I think in the case of a guy like Strom, who doesn't have as much experience starting, he's gonna blast that arm off his body a lot sooner. Uh, if he's going out there throwing five innings uh, every time he's in a game, I think he's got much more. I think he can be valuable to the team as like a multi-inning relief pitcher. Um, as much as I like him, and I'm as much as I would favor him over Falter, I just think in the long run that he would he would wind up really throwing his arm off. I think that's fair. I hadn't considered yeah. it from that perspective. Yeah, and I think that's what their main motivation is. They they are just really concerned about. They they knew it was. They basically they were saying it's it was un, unsustainable. They they could not continue to yeah. use him the way he throws hard. They were using too. him like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. But but the thing now is you've got Bailey Falter still in the rotation, and we saw him on Saturday night. He went one, two, three in innings one through three, and then he faced nine batters through the first three innings, and then faced nine batters in the fourth inning. Um, it just snowballed on him. Like he he was getting ahead of guys and getting getting third strikes uh, the first time through the order, and then it just disappeared on him. And we've seen that from Bailey Falter. We're not seeing the same guy that we saw late last year when he was a a real addition to the starting rotation when Zach Wheeler went down. But I don't really know what the alternative is uh, if, if you want to move Bailey Falter out. If you want to send him to AAA. Um, your option really is kind of Christopher Sanchez. And I think we've seen with Christopher Sanchez that it's not a whole lot better of an option. He's young. I mean, who knows? Maybe you give him another chance. Maybe he rises to the occasion, but you're not getting anything in the trade market right now. Um, and there's no obvious choice. Michael Plassmeyer and is the other guy on the 40 man roster. He's is that better than Bailey Falter? Probably not. It's different. And so maybe if you just, if Falter has another game here, Justin, uh, in his next start, I, I, that's anything like what we've seen these last few weeks. I got to imagine they make a change. I just don't know what that change would be at this point. I, they, they don't really have a whole lot of options. Why don't we just take all the guys who haven't been seen by a lot of major league hitters and just cycle them through so they all get to see the whole league once? 
So they at least have that advantage because right now it feels like that that back of the rotation is starting to fall out a bit, which is kind of being aligned with the top of the rotation starting to vaguely find its its footing. Uh, so maybe if we just start cycling different quad A guys in there, they can keep the lay keep the league flummoxed for long enough for the Phillies to win a few ball games. Um, I'd say the problem, honestly, with Falter is that. He's, he's obviously a flawed pitcher. He throws a lot of pitches uh, in the strike zone, and that makes them pretty hittable because he doesn't throw them that hard. But that was sort of the, the, the value of him as well. One of his strengths was that he didn't walk a lot of, of, of batters because he couldn't hit the strike zone so often with his stuff. And this year he's got eight walks in his first seven games. In 2021, he had 22 walks. I'm sorry, he had six walks in 22 games. So he's already like outdone that total in way less amount of games. So he's clearly not hitting the zone the way he, he typically does. And is therefore like the one part he could hang his hat on of his, uh, of his routine is just not there. So, yeah, I think you're right. Something's got to be done. It's going to be something low-key. It's, 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 I don't think you can expect something too sexy to happen here. Though getting Ranger Suarez back should hopefully fill a little bit of the hole falters leaving in the rotation. I mean, yeah, the 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 whole that Strom's leaving, yeah, because right, Fal- right. yeah, yeah, Falter with a five seven five ERA right now, zero and six start to the season. It just it can't go on a whole lot longer than than that. But you know, the other thing we're we're looking at is Aaron Nola and his velocity drop and his four six four ERA. You guys touched on him quite a bit in the last podcast, so we don't need to go over that ground but you know Zach Wheeler has a high ERA it's been victimized by bad luck quite a bit so I mean there's a lot of places left for this team to go the big issue with them is they've got a 64.3 percent left on base street uh, left on base percentage that's second worst in baseball right between the A's and the Royals so like when runners get on they're coming home, and that's a combination of the Philly starters and the relievers who are who are allowing inherited runners to score. Uh, when when there are runners on base, the Phillies are allowing a batting average of two seventy three this year. That's sixth highest in baseball, and their ten point oh three with runners ERA with runners on base is third highest. So this is not a team that is doing well and adjusting well. And I think uh, I, f- I think it was a, a Matt Gelb article in The Athletic on, on Monday talking about how really the entire staff is noticing things snowball. When they get into trouble, they're not able to slow things down and get out of it. That's what we saw on Saturday night with Bailey Falter. He gave, he, a couple guys got on, and he just couldn't stop the bleeding. He is not the only pitcher for that to happen to this year. So that is a problem that this team needs to needs to address and, and figure out with Taiwan Walker on Sunday. He just never got into that kind of trouble. That's certainly one way around it. <laughs> Don't let runners on base, but it's, it's not always that easy. And, uh, and, and the Phillies, Phillies pitchers have had a real hard time with that this year. Um, Taking a real quick look at the offense, we did get to see Bryce Harper's first home run at Citizens Bank Park. And as a Philly uh, here in 2023, after coming back from Tommy John surgery, he has picked up right where he's left off. Uh, Harper looks awesome. He doesn't look like he's missed any time. I can't believe he's as effective as he is without a minor league rehab assignment. But here he is. Magic. Um, this is this is <laughs> this is what we dreamed we we had pit, the Phillies had paid for. Like we were there, however many years ago now, being like. Gosh, it's going to be tough in five, six years when things start to look down. No, not quite. Bryce Harper doesn't need minor league rehab. Bryce Harper needs two days of spring training to hit the ball to Frenchies, and that's it. That's that's all he needs. <laughs> He's fully tuned. You just sit him the rest of the time and hope that, you know, 
his his bat contains the same amount of power by the time he comes back north. Yeah, he doesn't need minor league rehab. It's just that's not how he works. Really amazing stuff. I mean, it's it's just incredible. And uh, we saw Trey Turner's first to- uh, second home run on Saturday, but I think it was his. Was that his first? No, he had one before at CBP, I think. But uh, either way, uh, it was good to see him get a home run. But this team still, Kyle Schwarber dropped from the top from the leadoff spot in the lineup. That was a big topic of conversation at the tailgate. People Is it upset because with- I started yelling about it originally. I, it might. Have I been think that. so. Yeah, because it yeah. really made me angry <laughs> before when when uh, he just remained up there for just no discernible reason. Yep. No, this was something Liz was as soon as the lineups came out, we were on our phones at the tailgate like, oh, is he, is he, he can't be leading off again. Right. He can't be. There he is. He's leading off again. So um, they put Bryson Stott back at the top of the lineup uh, for Sunday. And then Kyle Schwarber has a, an RBI single and a two run home run, three RBIs in the six to one win. So it just I, I don't I don't understand why Rob Thompson moved him back up there to begin with. And I, I will say this about, you know, the the the, the, Dilly, the Phillies daycare guys that were carrying the team early, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, they've cooled off, and we kind of knew that they would. Alec Bohm hasn't hit a home run in a few weeks, and uh, his, his batting average on fastballs has plummeted. It was really good early in the season. He's struggling with fastballs again. Uh, Bryson Stott, he's getting base hits, but the, the power isn't there. He's got a slugging percentage under 400, so at the top of the lineup is kind of where you would want him to be because he's going to be a guy who gets a lot of singles and some doubles here and there, but he's not going to be the power guy in the middle of the order. And Brandon Marsh is doing fine, but again, it's been a while since he's hit a home run. So these guys are, we knew they were going to cool off. It's totally okay. It's acceptable. They need the stars to pick up the slack. And one of those stars is Kyle Schwarber. And, you know, I get the fact that Kyle Schwarber starts off slow and JT Realmuto last year started off slow and started off slow again this year. Trey Turner's gotten off to a slow... (laughs) But we can't just, with, especially with Kyle Schwarber, whose slow starts are so slow, you cannot just throw away the first two months of the season every year. Yeah. Like, this right. is just I, all those crazy. games do count. They all they count. count. I was having this conversation with someone who's not a baseball fan who, like, had it. We mentioned in front of them, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really start hitting till June. And they were like, but the season starts in April. The season like, starts yeah, in April. But, how is that? So a, how just, can that be allowed? The person would say to like start hitting and it was like yeah it is kind of a long time and now you just listed all those names yeah you know what kyle schwarber trey turner bryce harper nick castellanos and jt Romuto should be able to carry a baseball team yes really yes. that yeah, doesn't should. really make any sense so maybe <laughs> that 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 should probably start happening because i think that person was right two months needing two months to get your head on straight at the plate now nah, nah, like every gotta, year like yeah. every year, do something different. Try something different, like to start the season and to get yourself to get yourself in gear. Because you you cannot you can't be walking around with a one seventy batting average for the first two months of the season every year. I mean, I and yes. he leads the team in home runs, but I, you know that's he'll hit you a home run once or twice a week, and then they, that's all you you're getting from him right now. It's just crazy, and it, but he's not the only one. He's not alone. It's just any of those five guys I mentioned, none of them could be having the best seasons of their career, and they should. St- still be able to carry a lineup for, right. uh, for while like three younger guys in it get their heads on straight. Exactly. Where would they be without those three younger guys? I mean, oh. we can't be sitting here in a microwave waiting for this offense to reheat itself for two months a year. That's just <laughs> not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> 
And in the process, while you're waiting for all these guys to heat up and stop cooling off, you fall eight games behind the Braves in the National League East, who are ah, running just makes away September with the more exciting, doesn't it? It does. Well, it's just gonna it's gonna rub more salt in the wound when they get beat in the NLDS again. You know, Isn't that that's cool. Just, that's always a good thing. Yeah, this team's pattern of late of just like, well, go down by five or six runs early, make a sad little attempt to fight back, and then the Phillies tweet out, final, Mets three, Phillies nothing, or whatever. Yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah. that's just, that pattern's getting old fast. Yep. I, I do want to mention before, one of the other things we want to talk about is this uh, is uh, a, a big national anthem standoff that took place at the game on Saturday night. And we didn't notice it because we were we were kind of far away in those uh, rooftop bleacher seats. It was it was I didn't notice that this was was going on and most of the fans didn't notice this it was going on. So we'll talk about that in a second. But the Phillies are not the only playoff team from last year who is really struggling. Coming into play on Monday night, San Diego, the Padres were 18 and 17 with a negative 4 run differential. The Mets were 17 and 18 with a negative 10 run differential. The Phillies are 16 and 19, negative 29 run differential. Ooh. Cardinals, the Cardinals were 11 and 24 with a negative 19 run differential. That team is absolutely imploding. In the American League, you had the, the Yankees at 18 and 17, the Astros at 17 and 17, the Mariners at 17 and 17, and the Guardians at 16 and 18. The Mets just went one and five in two series against the Tigers and Rockies, and their Got rotation swept ERA. Swept by the Tigers. By the, swept by the yep. Tigers. Yep. <laughs> their rotation ERA is 5.34. Juan Soto and the Padres lineup hasn't hit it all this year. Uh, you've got the Cardinals, who just decided that the free agent catcher they signed this offseason to a huge deal will no longer play catcher because oh. the pitchers apparently hate him <laughs> and don't like the way he calls games. That season's uh, over. I, I, you know, I yes. come down on a lot of people for saying it's over in May. That season is over. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Phillies, as our, our good friend at uh, Fransky LA on Twitter pointed out, the Phillies broke them. The Phillies they ended their 2022 season in the playoffs. They ended the careers of uh, Pujols and Yadier Molina, and yep. now it's all in flames. And broke Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, they absolutely broke them in that two-game series. It was that I think that's Sir Anthony Dominguez eighth <laughs> inning in game what was it game two? Yeah, it was in game two when he when when they when he struck out. Uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado back to back with with like two runners on and the Phillies up by two. It was just that the that was the moment I was like, yes, they're they're broken, they're done, it's all over. We may never get revenge against the Giants, but, but we this, got the revenge against the Cardinals. This feels good because it didn't involve anyone injuring themselves. Just <laughs> right. like I think that was the no best Arenado part. torn Achilles uh -uh. like there was with Ryan Howard. No, right, we, we can two... celebrate this innocently from our whole hearts that yeah, just <laughs> that they're all broken two now. Old, two old men put their bags in their trunks and left baseball forever, having lost and humiliated themselves in front of their own fans. That's yes. that's way better. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm overjoyed, and that, I wanted to share that so that other Phillies fans could be could be happy as well. Because I know it's been frustrating, but there are many playoff teams from last year, many good teams, many high-priced teams who are off to slow starts this year. And with the wild card, you just shouldn't even bother with standings until you at least get to <laughs> Memorial Day. Even if the NL East is over, and it's not over, over, but it, 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 it it's probably it's probably over. It's probably going to be the Braves to win again. But the Phillies are like two and a half games out of the wild card, and will be no matter how bad things get for like the next four months. So um, so that's good. And and we could just kind of not stress out quite so much. Um, 
one thing before, but what we're going to play do is at the end of the podcast, we have a segment um, where we got a chance to, to interact with you folks at the tailgate. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to play that for you coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, before we get to that, I mentioned Matt Strom and Cutter Crawford, who is a human being who apparently plays for the Boston Red Sox, had a national anthem standoff on Saturday night. Both players were ejected by the umpires after trying to stare each other off the field first after the national anthem was played. We've seen this at baseball games in the past. Um, I have a, I'm going to play some, play some audio from Matt Strom here for just, he talked to W E E I in Boston um, after the game was before, I think it was before the game on Sunday um, talking about what, what the heck happened. So, so here's Matt Strom. Zero of it was planned. Um, just Anthem was over and I looked across and Cutter kind of gave me a grin and I knew exactly what that grin meant. So just stood there. You had never talked to him about it before. No, that was zero, zero plan on that. Just locked eyes after the Anthem and both still had our hat over our heart and neither of us were moving. Had you, so now you're in it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you probably never have done anything like that, right? No, I've never done anything in that like that in my life, but uh, something if you know me, you know competition's everything to me, so it kind of felt like I was being called out right there and looking back on it probably not the uh, the wisest decision I've made in my big league career, but uh, yeah, moving on. So, Cora said that you guys were thrown out. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't even realize I was thrown out either. I mean, the first base umpire came over to me and said, you got to get going. And all I said was, okay, well, it's our home field, so he should go first, right? And then he said, okay. And when I looked over, Cutter was leaving, and I walked down the steps, and then they told me I was thrown out. They told you to throw out where? Skip told me I was thrown out okay. once I got down there. But right. I never never seen it, never seen a warning or anything, but... I don't know. I guess should have known better with how uh, strict they are with the pitch clock. So there you go. So Matt Strom, at least he won, right? At least he won the stand. He won the standoff. The the uh, the the uh, Cutter Crawford went into the dugout first, so he won. But both guys were were kicked out of the game. And frankly, I think Matt Strom's a little bit more of an important player than Cutter Crawford. Although it doesn't sound like Matt Strom was available to pitch on Saturday night, so. I guess we'll never know. But th- this has been something um, we've seen by Phillies, some Phillies players in the past. We, we've, we've, uh, there, I've, I was doing a search on YouTube and found three of them. Uh, there was one of Sean O'Sullivan against the Rockies in 2015. There was one with Ronald Torres against the Marlins in 2021. And then there was another with Aaron Harang against the Nationals. I don't know exactly when that was, but it was in the mid 2010s. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. I, mean, I think I think I see the problem here. Uh, this kind of rose to prominence. I believe it was the product of, of like college ball. It started down there and made its way yeah. up into the majors. Yeah, it's a, a, a huge bit. thing in college ball. And uh, it just happened to have its, I'm going to call it a heyday in Major League Baseball at a time when Sean Sullivan standing on a foul line for a really long time was just not the thing that was going to get me psyched for Phillies baseball. And, uh, yeah, the other names you said kind of fall into that same category. So mm-hmm. while I want to – I believe in the spirit of this, and I think it's great. I think pettiness is great. I think driving the umpires insane is great. But, unfortunately, it ends like every other bit of fun that's attempted to be had in front of umpires. Like, just off the top of my head, Adrian Beltre moving the on-deck circle when oh. the ump told him to get it. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. ejecting him when he did that. You know, like that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, baseball is just not going to tolerate that. It wants to be fun. It also wants to be fast, and that's going to yeah. mean ending, putting a real, putting a real end on on any of these fun shenanigans the players are trying to do. But I also love that in this sport, you know, the the form of rebellion that can get you kicked out of a game is standing there, maybe smirking <laughs> at the other guy. In, in football, you like you tackle a guy wrong, you smash his skull into his brain and end his life a few years earlier. Basketball, you saw Jokic go into the stands, though he didn't even get ejected or suspended for shoving the Phoenix Suns owner when he went into the stands. <laughs> he flopped. Um, the owner so flopped. Like, so, like, that's the kind of stuff. Beautiful. But in baseball... If you just loiter for too long, the ump's going to be like, get out of here. I read a story about a Mets minor leaguer that uh, that got kicked out for, for the same thing. And, and the umpire in the story was like, I warned him like three times before I ejected him. <laughs> and you're just like, this is this is our thing in baseball. Standing there until you're asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Standing there and ignoring warnings. Being like, politely asked to leave and then not. Three times and then <laughs> just then not doing it. Like, just leave, dude. Just go no one cares there's no pride in this it's so sad again i believe in the spirit of it but i i yeah right. I, I gotta say it's we're grown-ups uh... <laughs> here we're all adults here it's not the college world series kiddos well, i think I, it i think it means more to the players than the fans it does and and you know what was really weird is um the the aaron harang one he was in full catcher's gear for whatever reason like he <laughs> was dressed up in full catcher's gear for it let's be um, real here aaron harang fell asleep standing up on the field that's, let's just be honest. Why was Possibly he in catcher's gear? He was well, a pitcher, wasn't he? Well, well, here's the thing. They started playing the game with them on the foul lines in that one with Aaron Harang in the Nationals. Like, they're both still standing on the foul line, and umps, and the umps just said, play ball. And so, like, they they started pitch, like they threw first pitch with those guys standing on the foul line, <laughs> which I've never seen before. I don't remember this at all. No. And I got to tell you, it feels like my beat. So I don't yeah, really. I thought you'd like this. Yeah. I can't believe I don't recall this at all. Well, you, it's Glad on the, it's on the research, Slack that we man. have, so you'll you'll find it. It's it's in the YouTube Slack that I that I sent around earlier. So, um, anyway, so for those of you who are not familiar with this, um, and you know, I I think we all Matt Strom has really moved up our rankings of favorite Phillies players. Like he's just a, seems like a really kind of a fun dude to to root for, and he's really intense and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was a little silly, a little wacky. Um, I'm it's it's not my not my favorite thing in baseball, but it's it's fine, and uh, I think it's ridiculous that these guys got kicked out of the game and uh, you know fined and all that stuff. So whatever. This did not rocket him up it. my uh, my rankings at all. He was he was decently high, but like I don't care about. This didn't move the needle for you. This didn't okay. personally move the needle for me. I think I still think he's fine and great. Strom snuck up on me. I'm a big Strom guy. I don't really gravitate towards pitchers too much, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He seems like he's a little bit, he's a little bit off, which is, which is just fine. <laughs> I think. So, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, um, we want to talk just quickly to, to jump back to the tailgate. Uh, we had such a great time talking to a lot of our uh, old listeners who have been with us. Um, there were actually a couple of people who were rocking out Felsky files, t-shirts um, oh. from, from back in the day, my thousand dollar t-shirt boondoggle. So um, I saw there were a couple of folks who had the trust the prospects t-shirts on like like I was wearing the other uh, the other day on Saturday. So 
Um, that's just so cool. And it was really great to talk to some of you guys. And, and Justin and Liz and I went, went through the crowd and uh, we're talking to um, a lot, some of you listening. And for those of you who weren't be able to make it, this probably won't be the last one of these that we do. And so we'll hope to have you down there at the next one. But I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of the flavor from the tailgate on Saturday and some of the fun and the festivities that we had. So here you go. It's me, it's John, it's Justin, it's Liz. We're here at the tailgate just outside Citizens Bank Park. We're a few hours away from game time. We're going to go uh, talk to some Hit and Season listeners and other people who saw signs for free beer. Right? Uh, yeah, there's definitely people who have rolled through, gotten a free beer, and taken off without knowing who we are. But I support those people as well. Big shout out to the woman who came through holding a, f- a mostly full bottle of wine, was drinking directly from it. Uh, she is not listening. She did not take any of the documentation, but I appreciate her nonetheless. Thank you. Oh, she did not get that bottle here. Interesting. No, yeah, not. I saw that as well. No, that was just a bottle of wine she brought with her. <laughs> we are not providing full bottles of wine today. That's no. just Yet. public service announcement. I mean, listen, these guys have been good to us, but let's not kid ourselves. We're not giving was, away full she bottles was just of wine. another glorious product of the Garden State. There you go. <laughs> That sounds good to me. We're going to ask some trivia questions of people here, so let's let's infiltrate this group. I have three different topics, current events, fan stuff, and hot takes. So which which of those would you like to choose from? Current events. John, Bryce Harper returned, and it didn't fix everything immediately. When Ranger Suarez returns, how quickly will everything be fixed? Instantly. Thank you very much. All right, let's find That's person. great. No, that's documentable, yeah. So now we know when it will be fixed, and it's yeah. immediately. Yeah. So that's great. As soon as Suarez is back, we'll be good. All right. Thank you, John. Not me, him, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Guys, can we interrupt you? Yeah. You guys want to be on the podcast? Sure. Okay. You know Hello. Justin? Hello. Justin? Hi. John? Very nice what's to What's your name you? again? I'm Matt. Matt, what's your name? Uh, Hunter. Hunter, what's your name? Kira. Justin has some questions he wants to ask you, okay? We and have uh, three different topics we could pick the question from, and those are current events, uh, fan stuff, where you basically are just going to be giving an opinion on, on something. Can't possibly be wrong. No pressure. Uh, and then also hot takes, where I ask a question that's basically going to get you to give me one of your hottest, most blistering takes. Which category is your favorite? Hot takes, hot of take. course. Yeah, so we're going to do a hot take. All right, let's do it. All right. Who needs to be fired immediately? Does it have to be sports related? That's yes, where we're going. Does. You oh, can't say me. Oh, well, I thought of that already. That? They say don't meet your heroes. <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't have an answer for this one. That's a deep cut. You don't want to start asking for someone's job halfway through your first beer. But hang on, hang on, hang on. This is this is Philadelphia. If we're not instantly demanding someone to be fired at all, like, we always have one in the chamber, don't we? Like some- I wasn't trying to embarrass the guy. But- not the Eagles. <laughs> not everyone is clamoring, clamoring to fire, you know, Jonathan Gannon after two games. I'm ready to fire him now, and he doesn't even work here anymore. Right. He's already been fired several times for me. All right. What could someone put on a hot dog that would make you divorce them? Chocolate syrup. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Do people do that? I'm sure they do. I have not met them. No, see? Okay. All right, so, like, for me, it's ketchup. Like, if you... You would divorce someone for putting ketchup on a hot dog. That's completely normal behavior. I asked my wife this, and she said, I don't like baby chicks. And I was like, yeah, living things would make a lot of sense. I would divorce someone for doing that. So you think I'm going too far with the ketchup thing? I think you're going... I don't think you're going anywhere. I think you're picking a normal thing. I think it's not my thing, but I don't think I'd divorce anyone over it. I think you're trying to get divorced. Is this category hot takes, or is this moderate takes you would use to maintain your marriage? Like, I'm trying to figure out what this is. Why don't you ask the person you're divorcing if this is a hot take or not? (laughs) This is not a maintain your marriage question, John. 
All right, I'll reconsider then. Your wife's okay, let's go with uh, hot takes. Oh, you want another hot take? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. It's the category that keeps on giving. What do you understand about the Phillies that nobody else does? Let's see. Uh, let's see. I think I understand. They probably should have kept Zach Eflin over Taiwan Walker. Did I not just that's say that to the both of you yesterday? That's that's quality. The Slack conversation where I said this and they all said, nope, wrong. I was not attached to him at all. Okay, hang on a second. Exactly what you both said. I said that. I did. I said that. Because he's remember saying anything. I'm surprised you remember the the that I said anything at all. I I said that because Zach Eflin. I'm just waiting for the knee injury that's going to sideline him for two months in June. But you know, for right now, it certainly looks bad. There's staying perfectly healthy for the race all year, and you know it. Yeah, but the the difference between Eflin and like Velasquez is that Eflin was good with the Phillies. We don't have to. Oh, he left and became good. No, he was he was good here, and it was just the it was just his time time to get the biggest deal in Tampa Bay Rays history and frankly I'm happy for him so I wish he was here instead of Taiwan Walker I think I totally agree with that but I think that was a great answer to the question yeah it's just like I, the thing with Evelyn and injury it's just more so I, I just think I'm not sold on Taiwan Walker with the, the contract why not <laughs> what more does he have to do for you uh, he, he has to have below a 6.9 ERA picky <laughs> Did you want to answer a question? Uh, sure, but I definitely can't answer a Philly-related question because I'm secretly not a Phillies fan. Not so. from here. <laughs> not hashtag from, from here? I'm from Brooklyn. I married a guy from Philly. Okay, so. okay. We'll allow it. All right, so what category do you want? Um, yeah, are there non-Philly-related questions? Sorry. I'm checking. No, I'm, as soon as you said that, I was like, I feel like I do have. Scroll, <laughs> scroll, I do. scroll. I do, have, I, I do have a good one here. Excellent. So you married a Phillies fan. How does the Phillies fan you married, what is their coping process for a bad Phillies loss? Oh! <laughs> yeah. Lots of screaming to start off with, and then a deep depression with a lot of drinking involved. It, so like the... Which I think is typical. A death, yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's like experiencing a death a little over half the amount of days of a baseball season. And I also don't understand why it doesn't just turn it off and maybe, you know, save yourself the pace. You don't. That, that is the question, that's, isn't it? Yeah. Why don't all of us right do that? There. Yeah. <laughs> we can end this right now. If that was so easy, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for coming. Hello. How are you guys? Good. What are your names? Matt. Jeanette. Matt and Jeanette. This is Justin, Liz, and John. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm originally from the area. I don't want to say I'm from Philadelphia because I'm from the suburbs, Westchester. None of us are actually from it. We just who in Philadelphia is sensitive about where people say they're from? Is that something that happens? I, from what I understand, it is. I, I could be totally off base. Uh, she's originally from San Diego. I'll let her talk. Yeah. So that's the ironic thing about the podcast: of none of us live in the Philadelphia metro market at all anymore. I did, so. For like ten years. Yeah. For the record. Long time. Yeah. For the record. For the record, I'm, we all. I'm, I'm totally legit. See, we're all hashtag from here. We all are. We just we're not hashtag currently here, and that's kind of like us. I got to do hot takes. Everybody's loving. I'm going to run out of hot takes questions. That could have been your only category. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a would you rather. Would you rather the Phillies win three World Series titles in your life for the rest of your life, but the Fanatic canonically dies, or they win only one more World Series for the rest of your life, but it's universally considered the best World Series of all time, and you get to go to every game in person? That is a great question. So you had me right at the Fanatic has to die. That's a no-go. Um too important to to my love of the Phillies. 
I know World Series are great. I gotta, I gotta get that one though. Gotta get that one where I'm there and the Fanatic survives. All right, all right. That's a, That's a great answer. answer. I was I trying do. to come up with a question that would get someone to admit they would kill the Philly Fanatic. Not that I want that to happen. I just want no, to know. I thought about it. I, just I thought about it. You said it. That point. Like There's a lot of people here. Yeah. I think yeah. one of them Somebody might be willing to kill, kill the Fanatic. Somebody here would kill. Who wants to kill the Fanatic? Anyone? I'll, I'll give you more context in a minute. It's okay. I well, I'm glad we asked that question. It got us booed at our own tailgate. <laughs> now we're a Phillies podcast. That's right. So what brought you out here today? Did you guys, you guys listen at all? Yeah, well, actually, we just kind of we stumbled upon on things to do, and I'm definitely going to listen from now on. It seems like a really cool show. That's great. Oh, uh, you, you, yeah. Thank you guys so much for playing and for coming. I appreciate it. I feel like I feel like I need to yeah kill the fanatic. I, I feel like I need to explain myself a little bit here. I absolutely would get destroyed immediately. He would he would like unhinge his jaw and just swallow me whole and spit out my bones. Okay. I'm trying to digest that like he would you. Uh, I regret bringing up the topic. No, but, but I, th I think you need to ask it to the, to our to our new group here. So what? Let, let's what are your names again? Justin. Steven. Rob. Rob, okay. This is a would-you-rather situation. Would you rather the Phillies win three World si Series titles in your life, starting starting out, but for that to happen, the Fanatic canonically dies, or they win one more World Series for the rest of your life, but it's universally considered the best World Series of all time, and you get to go to every game. See, now my outburst makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay, I'm taking number two because every single Cubs fan I know is like the most well-adjusted baseball fan I've ever met. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I like, I, you know, I root for the team. I'm sad when they lose. I'm happy when they win. But like, I already reached Nirvana. So like, I don't care. Like, I would like for them to win another, but like, eh, I'm just, I'm just vibing. And I want that for me. And if you're telling me that I could go to all of them, yeah, no. And I get to save the fanatic from being dead? No. So you're a hero in that yeah. case, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's... Yeah, he's in there. All right, Justin, what about you? Uh, I mean, he said a lot. I just... I'm pretty selfish in the regard that I just want to go to all the games in the World Series. Hell, make it seven games at that point, because we'll just go through this crazy roller coaster. It'll be better than King Dakar and greatest World Series of all time, Philadelphia Phillies. Somehow, first team to reach 10,000 losses, but... Have the greatest World Series of all time, so I'll definitely take that. And the Fanatic can live. Also, three is not that much. Like, I mean, how many years are we how talking? How many have they won in your lifetime so far? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. All right, what about you? I have a clarifying question. Do I know? So we're one and done, right? Do I know that that's it? Yeah, I'd say yes. Okay, let's let's say yes. Let's say yes, and what's your answer if we say yes? Then give me the three, because, like, that kills it. That kills it to know that I'm never getting back there. It kills something, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's say no. Let's say you don't know. You live the rest of your life thinking they could win another one. It's also important to consider that, like, we've got, like, 15 years left, max, of, like, functioning society. So, like... <laughs> we don't mention that in public. We'll just know it inside. It's in the meetings that we don't, you know... I feel like it's kind of like training for a marathon in that, like... Most of what you're doing is hoping and waiting and thinking about it as opposed to actually experiencing it. And I think baseball teaches you to find joy in that, right? Does that exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that's something I try to convey in almost every episode of this show, I feel like, in some way or another. <laughs> so if the fanatic dies, well, a couple of important questions. Do we have a service? 
uh, who's replacing the Fanatic, or since he was so great and so beloved that we just have to like leave it in the rafters because nobody could follow it. I think we may have to hold hold this hold on to this for like a future podcast question. Let's plan the Fanatic's funeral. Yeah, I don't know if I like can respect. I feel like that deserves more respect than me answering it off the cuff. That's a true question. Imagining Phoebe showing up in all black. Like the coffin somehow hits her with a ball. She's like hobbling up, and it's like yeah. very sad. But then she like throws it all off when the music comes on and starts like dancing with an umpire who's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. The Galapagos <laughs> Gang. The Galapagos oh Gang pulls a JFK Jr. One of them comes up. The big tongue comes out, does the salute. Actually, I, think, I feel like we answered the question. I feel like we got it. It's important, though, that this happens expeditiously because this can't happen without Dan Baker involved. Yeah, you need the Dan Baker call from above, like, wait a minute, what's happening with the umpire? Yeah. <laughs> we need for him to plan for this. They have parents. They can read the fanatic eulogy. And the word that it happens tomorrow, we get our first World Series season now. And then the whole rest of the season is played to honor the fanatic, honor the memory of the fanatic. A patch. It says RIP. A patch with yeah. a big nose. Rest in fanatic. So there's like a casket with the fanatic in it. And then they have Phoebe Fanatic hobbling. That's out. a weird shaped casket. But then she like she like stops and like falls to the ground, and they send out paramedics. And as they're shocking her, she like gets back up and starts break dancing. And everyone. I need to take a knee for that one. Hang on. You can't squish the nose down. Well, the casket would be tall. It's the cat. It's got a hole in it, and you see the funnel sticking out no. through the hole. This is going to be a great thing for everyone to listen to. I hope you all appreciate this. So is everybody now okay with the Fanatic dying? Is like, is oh, it, have, we, have we reached that consensus now? So I'm not the monster? Is that right? Thank you, guys. That was, a, that was an intellectual exercise. I appreciate that. And, and what are your names? Bruce. Lisa. All right, so we have some questions. All right. How many tries would it take Bryce Harper to literally run through a brick wall? Three. Three? Throwing his full body weight against the yeah. wall? Yeah. Maybe two. In his younger days, definitely too. Now, hold on. Is this, is this with the reconstructed elbow or once it's fully three. recovered? No, three now. Once it's two later. Okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair. Because I think that's reasonable. An 85% Bryce Harper cannot be expected to run through a brick wall more any any more than twice or any fewer than twice. And what's your name? My name is Angie. Hi, Angie. Hi. Uh, Angie, uh, who needs to be fired immediately from the Phillies? Um... Any Joe Girardi. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Too late. That's the perfect answer. What's your name? Joe. Joe. Nice to meet you. I'm John. This is Justin, and that's hey. Liz. Hello. Hello. You're taller than I thought you'd be. That's what everyone <laughs> says, including my parents. <laughs> what is the worst Phillies jersey you own? I have a, uh, a ketchup and mustard ridden cream Cliff Lee jersey. <laughs> I don't think that's that bad at all. That, that's I know it's been through the war, but. I still like it. That's game. That's game yeah, use. It doesn't look great. Yeah. It doesn't look great, but it's fine. Hey, that's exactly. I, I go through my jerseys all the time. I have this great John Cruck World Series jersey, covered in beer stains. Ben Revere jersey. Looks like I committed a crime because there's so many ketchup stains all over it. I have, I have no idea how that happened. See, I only have two Phillies jerseys. I have a Cole Hamill's 2008 World Series jersey, which is objectively just nice. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Incredible. And this one, the Juan Samuel powder blue. Nice. So. I had an Eagles jersey at one point. I went out and got a Ty Detmer jersey back what? in the day. Oh, wow. 
And, and not not in a cool green one, like a white one, like a road tie Detmer jersey. Honestly, that is more embarrassing than any of the answers we gave. The tie Detmer jersey. Look, we all get excited from time to time. I get that. I bought in. I yeah. really did. I really thought some. Now we saw somebody out here today with a Rich Doobie jersey. Oh wow! Now can you give any? I can. Can you clue us in on what is the rationale that someone could have for a Rich Doobie jersey? Uh, wow. I mean, someone who is just really on board with like bad pitching management, or like, uh, hmm, I don't know. Like I got to figure. You go to the you go to the MLB shop online to get that, right? Like you can't. You're not finding that in Models. That's got to be a custom one. I'm assuming it was Rich Doobie. Yeah. It could be. It could I, I be. I don't know it why. You know what? He was playing that. cornhole. Everyone in the middle. <laughs> everyone, which you would expect from a former major league pitcher. Yeah, and everyone he was giving advice to was just you know throwing it straight into yeah. the nice. neighboring car. Yeah, That's that right. Sense. That makes sense. Well, thank you for playing. Uh, yeah, no problem. Are you? Do you? Are you a fan of the podcast? I am. Most recently, in the last like couple of months, I loved your like spring training coverage up to now. I bought Baseball Prospectus, the great piece. There you go. It was actually a really good piece. I'm not just saying that. It actually legitimately was. Thank you very much. So, yeah, no, I'm glad you guys have found a place here, and it's awesome. Joe, thanks for coming, man. We really appreciate it, buddy. What's your name? Jamie. Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Nice to meet you. Hello, Eric. Hey, how are you guys? Come join the the party. Who hits their next home run first? Trey Turner or Garrett Stubbs? (laughs) Oh. I'm going to go with Trey Turner. But, Interesting. But What's making you feel that way? <laughs> was it the 95 mile an hour fastballs he swung through repeatedly yesterday? <laughs> I think he's due. He is due. He's I mean, that's fair. Due. That's definitively due. That's yeah. fair. How about you? Stubby just needs to play. That's fair. Yeah. He needs to play. Who's going to get to play behind JT Real Muto? It's, it's really hard to be behind the best catcher in baseball and get to hit a home run. Although, I was at the game where he walked it off against the Marlins last year. He was capable of it. Yep. That was that was a great ending. He can hit rockets. I mean, little stubs. He can do it. He can do it. I mean, he's so sweet. He looks like me behind the plate, you know? Like, skinny. I think, I think that a lot. Actually. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for playing. Are you guys fans of the podcast? I am. I've been listening for about three, three and a half years now. Ooh, that's so awesome. That's an Even when they were terrible. That's yeah, fantastic. we appreciate that I love so meeting much. fellow sickos. This is great. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm John. I'm good. How are you? I'm Michael. Michael, nice, nice to meet you. You a fan of the podcast? Uh, I just figured it out now. Fantastic. Then you're a fan. You're here? Now, fantastic. So I can't complain. Awesome. Yeah. Well, first of all, who's on the back of your jersey? I have Harper. I got Harper in the back. I got this uh, when he first signed, actually. Can't go wrong right. with that. So you would yeah, say yeah. you're pretty clued in to what's going on with the current Phillies and everything that's... Yeah, I, I'll say I, I don't watch every game, but I'm, I'm tuned in to every game. All right, all right. That's what you want to say. Yeah. It's my life, yeah. And let me ask you this. There's a couple of players on this roster who are particularly polarizing to the fan base. What is your juiciest, most sizzling, blistering Aaron Nola take? He's not throwing hard enough right now. Throwing hard enough. Um, uh, what's he want? He wants a big contract coming up this year, right? We signed him on a, um, what would we do, like the, like? He's just, it's just last year of his contract. Yeah, it sounded like a five-year extension a few years ago, yeah. Okay, so, um, the thing is, like, he has to prove it. Right now, he's not really proving it right now, but I, I believe in him, you know. He, he's, he's, he's came for us in the past, you know. He's good in the postseason, you know. You just, like, you just, I expect more from him as of right now, though. That's the thing, you know. Um, same with Wheeler. I feel like Wheeler's been a little disappointing this year, but, um, you know, he's had, his, he's had his good days. He's had his bad days, though. It's early in the year. You know, you can't really, like, 
you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just, like, base them off of, what, like, three starts or yeah, whatever? Yeah, seven or eight starts right now. I mean, it, but it's still early, yeah. Exactly. No, it's very early, you know. They uh, they didn't start off slow last year, but they, they – or they're starting off slow this year, but, you know, there's always time to bounce back, you know. Um, I believe in them personally. Um, I would like to say it's a pleasure to meet a unicorn, yeah. a positive <laughs> Phillies fans. I, I, this is – the most refreshing conversation I've had in weeks, I want to say. We said essentially the same thing, that yeah. I expect and want better from Nola, and I, I expect him to be better than he's been lately, but he has been pretty disappointing. Lately. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, he was up in, like, Cy Young a couple years ago, yep. right? Yeah, 2018. And, uh, 2018. He's fallen off. Uh, Wheeler was, what, 2021? 2021. Back. Nola runner. finished in top five Cy Young voting last year. Yeah, so. he did. No, he did. No, he was, he was excellent last year. Same with Wheeler. It just, like, just the start of this year. We had a little slow start. But I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm more just like expecting more. Like same with, not to like throw someone under the bus, but Trey Turner's starting a little slow. I know we signed up for a big contract and everything. I expect him to come back better. You know, he's a great player. He's once of a, he's really good. He's five weeks. We I think we expected to see more from Trey. And Turner. he was like this last week, last year at the start of the season. He started off really slow. Yep. So yeah, slow for the Dodgers. Schwarber too. Well, listen, we really appreciate you answering the question, and uh, yeah, if you can. Give us a listen. I think you'll like it. Yeah, no, 100%. What's it called again? I'm sorry? Hit and Season. Hit and Season. Just oh, Charlie Manuel. It's after Charlie Manuel. Uh, yeah. Awesome. That's perfect. Nice to meet nice you, man. Nice to meet you guys. So, again, it really was an awesome time with everybody there on, on Saturday afternoon, um, having some free beer and some free sandwiches and hoagies and just talking baseball and, and finding finding out about, uh, you know, some of our listeners and, and what possesses them to listen to us uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. It's It actually was, it was a really humbling experience for me just to, to find people who who actually do like to listen and wanted to meet us. Uh, it was really cool. So thank you to all of you who listen and for all of you who were able to make it out to the tailgate. It was really cool. Yeah, that was that was very cool. It was very cool to meet people who said things like, I've been, I've been reading and listening to you for six, eight, ten years, which was just a reminder of time gone by. And really wild. Yeah. Also that, you know, you publish this stuff, you put it out there, and there are actual people on the receiving end of that, which is always, um, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of opportunities to be reminded of that in person. So, uh, yeah, again, big thanks to WHYY, Billy Penn, and uh, all the all the food suppliers uh, because it was a really just we got so lucky with the weather and it was really oh, yeah. just a very fun event. I, I, I had a great time. It seemed like everybody had a great time, and we had a, we had a great turnout. I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, can't add much more than that. Thanks to everybody that both everyone else, that both of you guys have said. It was really gratifying to meet people and to talk about the Phillies um, and to get some hot takes from people. Hot takes were very popular. Yeah, everyone, we loved it. Everyone the, the, wanted to everybody do the, wanted hot, the takes. hot takes. Yeah, we'll have more hot take scene. questions. Yeah. yeah, the only it's the only Phillies tailgate where someone will yell, "Who wants to kill the fanatic?" <laughs> to everyone. We'll find and something yes. even more interesting to yell next time. Somehow exactly. that uh, that didn't get like a raucous response. I no, know. I know, I know. I think people secretly want him dead. That's the only that's the only conclusion I came to. It was not. I did not get the booze that I was looking for. <laughs> Next time, situation. let's try a bullhorn. I think if you stand on top of a car with a bullhorn, you might get a response. Mm-hmm. I needed what it needed to. It needed to attract the other tailgates around us in, yeah. in order for it to really catch fire. So I'll, I'll remember that for next time. That's a good point. Um, all right, well, let's wrap up this episode of the podcast. Any uh, For any additional final thoughts, Justin, any additional final thoughts from you? Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll read a passage from Roger Angel that I think is appropriate for the occasion. 
In June, even casual semi-fans begin to watch the standings, and true believers secretly put aside some of their wild April hopes as they see that this season, like the others, will be mostly pain and misadventure. June is when baseball really begins. So all that stuff about, <laughs> you know, why don't you relax? It's just spring training. Hey, calm down. It's the first week of the season. Just let's just, you know, it's let's just go June. Let's have that be the, the day. Since that's apparently the day that the offense finally kicks into gear when you're watching the Phillies as well. So I was going to say, did just, you read, is that from Kyle Schwarber's journal? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, what, like six months a year. And June is the first one on Kyle yeah. Schwarber's calendar. <laughs> that's right. So you guys, what, what, what's April and May? Um, yeah. Okay. I, I can deal. I can deal with that. June for sure is where it starts to get serious, especially in this wild card era of three wild cards for sure. Um, Liz, final thoughts. I can't possibly follow Roger Angel, so I, I'll just <laughs> I agree with all of that. All right. All right. Well, folks, listen, again, it was awesome to see you guys at the tailgate. Uh, keep an ear out for the next one. And in the meantime, we will talk to you here on this uh, this here fine podcast that you get from your Apple podcast, from your Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. That'll do it for this edition of Hit and Season. Um, I thank you to Justin and Liz uh, for continuing on this journey with me and uh, us doing it together. Uh, and again, thanks to all of the folks at WHYY and BillyPenn.com uh, for Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to doing it again down the road. And of course, the Phillies uh, have a quick two-game series at home to finish off the homestand against the Toronto Blue Jays. So I'll be back in the middle of the week uh, to recap this quick two-gamer against a Toronto team that has really had their number over the last few years. So we'll see if they're able to build off of Sunday's win. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Hit and Season.